Luke 9, 57 to 58 reads, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Hello and welcome back to Think This Way. This is the podcast of Faith Bible Church. My name is Bryce Beale, one of the pastor elders here. Today I have another pastor elder here with me, Dan Geelock. Thanks for being here, Dan. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm really surprised you're having me back all these whiles, <laughs> especially as you run pell-mell toward your almost 50th podcast. Oh, man, there should wow. be a celebration. Well, it's like the underhanded compliment, I don't care what anyone says, <laughs> whatever you follow, it's not a compliment. No, but Dan, you've done a great job on this podcast. We're glad you've been helping us. We are continuing our quarter on discipleship. And we're drawing closer to the end of it. And I wanted to have two episodes here, one on the pain of discipleship and one on the pleasure. And these have been themes that have kind of run throughout everything we've talked about with discipleship, but I think they deserve their own treatment. Because as you can see, uh, being a disciple of Jesus Christ is painful. There's no way around that. You literally are called to take up a cross, which was an ancient instrument of torture. But there's also a great pleasure in how discipleship's presented to us. So this week we want to talk about the pain of discipleship, and next week a little bit about the pleasure of discipleship. I want to start in an unusual way. We started with scripture, but I was listening to a song on Spotify, and I can't vouch for the artist because I had never heard him before, and I don't really know anything about him, but I think these lyrics from a song called Pack Your Bags by Taylor Armstrong really stood out to me. He said, quote, You can pack your bags, but you can't run away. You can relocate, but it all stays the same. You can pack your bags, but you can't run away from pain. And the person singing had lost his own mother when he was 17 years old. So that's what he was singing about. You can pack your bags. You can make attempts. And he talks about his own traveling across the U.S., trying to run away from pain, packing his bags, but it follows you wherever you go. Pain can be really disorienting like that, and I'm sure anyone listening to this has had pain. That just makes you feel like kind of like this song. You pack your bags, move somewhere else, but your pain follows you there. It can be disorienting to have these kinds of pains in life. It makes you almost feel like you don't really belong on this earth. At least that's been my experience. Luke 9, what we read at the beginning of this, that's somewhat Jesus' point when the eager disciple comes up to him and says, I'll go with you anywhere you're going. And he says, well, we don't have anywhere to stay. Like, I don't, I'm not of this earth. I don't belong here. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. I don't have anywhere. So, Dan, this leads to a question I wanted to ask you, because in terms of a recruitment strategy for Christianity, this is not a very effective one. Um, for any company or any anything, if you go around telling people, hey, you should join our group, you will have a lot of pain. <laughs> I don't imagine you get a lot of people following. Well, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, as someone who had 20 years of experience recruiting... <laughs> <laughs> you never use that line ever, probably. Huh? Now, there is some thought that there are people who actually want a challenge, and they want to have a challenge that's worthy of their attention, their affections, their skill, their capabilities. But I'm not certain that that's specifically why that's 
given by the Lord Jesus. First off, the question is, why is it important that we are honest about that? Well, first off, because Jesus was honest. And if we're disciples of Jesus, if we're following Jesus, we do indeed want to follow not only his theology, but also practically how he addressed people and how he spoke the truth. He talked about taking up your cross, and he said that to everyone. You know, he was on the road, and he talked to this enthusiastic potential follower, but he said, hey, there is a cost. That's the first thing. Second, our integrity requires it. We don't want to be proven to be presenting a false picture. Be sure to count the cost before you sign up with discipleship because it's costly. I don't want anyone to sign up naively and then later on to say, well, you misrepresented what was going to happen. I thought it was happy, happy all the time. time. We don't want to be guilty of presenting a false idea of what Christianity is about. And most importantly, and this is, I think, the most critical thing, why do we do this? Because Jesus Christ himself is much more valuable and he is worthy of our attention and any affliction that may come our way. Um, you know, you think about the scriptures that talk about a man sees this field that has this pearl of great price. What does he do? He sells everything he has and he runs out and he buys it. He runs out and he buys it. You referenced a song, so I'm going to reference a song myself. (laughs) Not the labor of my hands can fulfill the law's demand. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All could ne'er for sin atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. So I see the value, the worth, the beauty, the glory of Jesus as worthy of all of my uh, attention, affections, never mind what happens. Augustus Toplady wrote that song, Rock of Ages. The legend is that he was out in a storm and he found a place to hide in a rock. And that rock is today labeled the Rock of Ages. If you go to that part of England, you can find that plaque that commemorates it. Psalm 72 in verse 1 says, Be thou to me a rock of refuge in which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and fortress. Bonhoeffer said, The only man who has the right to say that he is justified by grace alone is the man who has left all to follow Christ. And uh, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Death and cost-paying are constituent parts of discipleship. And being forthright about that with people we're inviting to follow Jesus and with ourselves, it almost reminds me, I know you, Dan, have been involved for a long time in helping people get jobs. And I think about how many people I know who go to an interview and the person interviewing them presents the job as something very wonderful. And then they get hired and they realize it was all a lie, (laughs) that your actual job is so far different from the job description or the benefits or whatever. It was just false advertisement. And that is what we're trying to avoid by by emphasizing the pain of discipleship. We don't want to cover that over. It is a real part of being a disciple. One passage I think of, which will just be the last passage I point to, that makes really clear that there will be pain involved in being a disciple of Jesus is in 2 Timothy 3. And so this is Paul writing to Timothy, his young protege, and he gives three comparisons of what it's like to, in this case, be a disciple of Jesus. 
Here's what he says. 2 Timothy 3, starting verse 3, he starts by saying, share in suffering. (laughs) So again, whoa, okay. Share in suffering as one, a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So there will be pain. It will be hard. Number two, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. And number three, it is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. And those are three examples of professions that involve pain. The soldier who goes to boot camp, it hurts, is what I hear. I've not done it. You can ask Andrew Walden or someone else. I mean, it's not a rosy, nice time of sitting and talking about feelings. You're in pain. The athlete, we're running the Turkey Day 5K coming up, so I'm trying to get ready for a 5K. And the last mile of a 5K, almost every time I run it, I go, I'm going to give up running now. (laughs) Why am I doing this? I don't have to do this. (laughs) Yeah, I gave that up a long time ago. (laughs) Well, maybe that was smart. And the farmer, of course, of a friend who grew up in a farming family, and there's a lot of pain. It's not easy. Even if you have a nice air-conditioned little... uh, place to be driving your tractor, there's still a lot of pain involved. So Dan, my question for you is here are a group of three people that Paul points to. They all experience pain that's unique to their jobs or their tasks, but we've been talking about the pain of discipleship, but I haven't been specific. I know why an athlete feels pains because his legs are aching as he runs. Why is it that Christians, uniquely as Christians, experience pain as a result of following Jesus? What kind of pains are we talking about here? Well, you're absolutely right. There is pain in all of life. Job says, man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. And there is a common grace that God gives to everyone that people are trained and developed and grow because of the difficulties of life. But in terms of the unique sufferings that belong to the Christian, I think that uh, there are four ways. First, uh, suffering, while multifaceted, is specifically unique if we suffer for the sake of Christ, not because of our foolishness. So I think the first unique aspect would be that we suffer for the sake of Christ, not because we're boneheads. Secondly, suffering happens in community. And while there is a general general comfort that people can get from the world, discipleship pain is unique to the Christian because of common bonds with believers all over the world and their support for each other. There is every year a period of time that we set aside as the International Day for the, of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And we're commended and commanded by Scripture to pray for our brethren who are suffering. So it happens in community. And when you and I suffer, we have a body of believers around us that can bolster us up and support us in ways that the world doesn't know. Number three, suffering equips us for ministry. It's not something strange, as Peter says. You know, don't consider it strange when you endure various trials. It's firsthand experience in suffering is essential in equipping us and preparing us and making us better for ministry. Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, we comfort with the comfort whereby we are comforted. I can't always explain why you and I go through particular problems. The health issues that we suffer through, the health issues our family suffers through, the persecution and prosecution that we may suffer because of our faith. I can't read into God's mind exactly why it happened, but I do know all 
things work together for good. And God is going to use the experience you and I have to be able to be of help to other people. Number four, suffering prepares us for glory. And that is unique only to the child of God who will be welcomed into the arms of Jesus, hearing the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So Dan, if you had a believer who's experiencing those kinds of sufferings, as all believers are, and maybe um, is becoming a little bit disillusioned, just the pain of it, didn't realize it was going to be this bleak and difficult to follow Jesus or something like that, what kind of counsel or help would you offer to that kind of person? Well, uh, I think that if I am being sensitive and hearing them and understanding the grief that they're going through, I hope that I would first weep with them. I do, and I have at times done just that, uh, but I hope that I would share in that moment with them. In addition to listening and empathizing, I would remind them that our Lord Jesus is a sympathetic high priest who collects our tears in his bottle. He writes them down in his book. And I wouldn't dare to offer a specific reason for the pain except that God is sovereignly behind it with a good purpose for their benefit and for his glory. And then finally, I think I would try to confirm that they are not alone in history. Even the saints that are exalted and praised by God through the writings in Hebrews chapter 11, people who were sawn in two, people of whom the world was not worthy, we share in the sufferings that they share in and thus share in the sufferings of Christ and are brought closer to him. I hope, I hope that those would be some of the things that you and I and perhaps other saints would comfort and encourage each other. So someone listening to this may have thought that the abundant life Jesus promised to all who follow him meant a life without suffering or with less suffering. You may have thought that in the past, but may God help us all now to think this way.